0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to Inherent Cast, episode three. Yeah. Uh, Now, with episode art, thanks to Molly, who did a lovely Photoshop job on a much more difficult cover.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Uh, It could be better. I was inspired by something that's been popping up on my Reddit feed, which is like Photoshop requests.
0: Oh yeah, I, I, I get, I get requests or it's I get always people being that. like
1: my, this person died. Can you make, can you put them on a motorcycle?
0: Can somebody, uh, can somebody, uh, take my sister's asshole ex fiance out of this group family vacation group shot? Yeah. He's the one wearing the, uh, backwards red Sox cap.
1: It's a, uh, it, I think it's just my nature that, uh, I, I assign maybe a perhaps a level of spirituality to photos. Beyond, you know, if someone dies, I'm not going to Photoshop them into the like a, a circus as a clown. You know,
0: that's the thing is that the photo is ultimately a, a memory of a moment, and memories often have both good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like that, uh, that Google phone that got advertised this past superb old uh, that was like get rid of that thing in the background. I'm like fucking
0: whatever. That, yes.
1: That guy's in the background in your photo. Suck it up. You, no, that, it's fine. That clones, happened in real life. Clone stamp him to to hell. Anyway, ho- enjoy uh, the artwork. Yes. Uh, would you believe I'm self-taught? Um. <laughs> all
0: right. Should we read? Let's in read. The talk? All right. Yeah, let's okay. read.
1: Oh, one quick uh, note from last episode uh, when uh, th- th- we this joke passed without commenting, and it's because I didn't get it, but I didn't want to spend time trying to get it uh, when. Uh, Doc is meeting Tariq Khalil, and Tariq uh, says he can't pay him, and Doc says that's okay. And Doc says, "Wow, you are one crazy ass white motherfucker." And uh, Doc says, "How do you know?" He said, "I counted. You are one crazy ass. Goddamn. And he, there's not two, not three. Anyway, simple jokes. For, simple for jokes. Did somebody people. point that out to you, or no? Or you I just—it it? was bothering me, and I looked it up. <laughs> I couldn't get it." <laughs> minimalist joke that is a minimalist joke all right let's go all right as as we recall last time i also think i have one more uh thing that i think would be funny that i'll bring up i'll try to bring up toward the end okay of a thing that we should start doing on this podcast please tell me
0: all right i'll remind you of the the joke
1: uh doc just got knocked out in the massage parlor pussy eater special pussy special congratulations hippie scum Bigfoot greeted Doc in his all-too-familiar 30-weight voice. And welcome to a world of inconvenience. Yes, this time it appears you have finally managed to stumble into something too real and deep to hallucinate your worthless hippie ass out of. He was holding, and now and and then taking bites from, his trademark chocolate-covered frozen banana. Howdy, Bigfoot. Can I have a bite? Sure can, but you'll have to wait. We left the Rottweiler back at the station. (laughs) No rush. And and where are we at the moment again? At Channel View Estates, on a future home site where elements of some wholesome family will quite soon be gathering night after night to gaze tubeward, gobble their nutritious snacks, perhaps after the kids are in bed, even attempt some procreational foreplay, little appreciating that once, on this very spot, an infamous perpetrator lay in a drugged stupor babbling incoherently at the homicide detective since risen to eminence, who apprehended him. They were still within sight of the front gate. Through a maze of stapled-together framing, Doc made out in the afternoon light a blurry vista of streets full of newly poured foundations awaiting houses to go on top of them, trenches for sewer and utility lines, (laughs) sawhorse barricades with lights blinking even in the daytime, precast storm drains, piles of fill, bulldozers, and backhoes. Without wishing to seem impatient, the lieutenant continued, anytime you feel you'd like to join us, we would so like to chat. Uniformed toadies crept about, chuckling in appreciation. Bigfoot, I don't know what happened. Last I recall, I was in that massage parlor over there. Asian chick named Jade and her Anglo friend, Bambi? Wishful figments of a brain pickled in cannabis fumes, no doubt, theorized Detective Bjornson but like, I didn't do it, whatever it is. <laughs> sure. Bigfoot stared, snacking amusedly on his frozen banana as Doc went through the wearisome chore of getting vertical again, followed by details to be worked out, such as remaining that way, trying to walk, so forth. Which it was about when he caught sight of a medical examiner's crew with a blood-streaked human body supine on a gurney settled into itself like an uncooked holiday turkey, face covered with a cheap cop-issue blanket. Things kept falling out of its pants pockets. Cops had to go scramble in the dirt to retrieve them. Doc found himself freaking out in terms of his stomach and whatever. <laughs> Bigfoot Bjornsen smirked. Yes, I can almost pity your civilian distress. Though if you had been more of a man and less of a ballless hippie draft dodger, who knows? You might have seen enough over in the NAM to share even my own sense of professional ennui at the sight of one more, what we call, stiff to be dealt with. Who is it? Doc nodding at the corpse. Was, Sportello. Here on Earth we say was. Meet Glenn Sherlock, whom you were asking for by name only hours ago. Witnesses will swear to that. Forgetful dope fiends should be more cautious about whom they choose to act out their wacko fantasies upon. Furthermore, on the face of it, you have chosen to ice a personal bodyguard of the rather well-connected Mickey Wolfman. Name ring a bell. Or in your case, shake a tambourine. (laughs) Ah, but here's our ride. Hey, my car, like its owner, well on the way to impoundment. Pretty cold, Bigfoot, even for you. Come, come, Sportello. You know we'll be more than happy to give you a lift. Watch your head. Watch my... How am I supposed to do that, man? (laughs) They didn't go downtown, but for reasons of cop protocol, forever obscure to uh, Doc, only as far as the Compton Station... Uh, where they pulled into the lot and paused next to a battered 68 el camino bigfoot got out of the black and white and went back and opened the trunk here sportello come and give me a hand with this what excuse me the fuck doc inquired is it bob wire replied bigfoot an 80 rod spool of authenticated glidden four-point galvanized you want to take that side thing weighed about a hundred pounds The cop who'd been driving sat and watched them lift it out of the trunk and stash it in the bed of the El Camino, which Doc recalled was Bigfoot's ride. Livestock problems out where you live, Bigfoot? Oh, you'd never use this wire for actual fence. Are you crazy? This is 70 years old. Mint condition. Wait, you collect barbed wire? Well, yes, as it turned out, along with spurs, harness, cowboy sombreros, saloon paintings, sheriff stars, bullet molds. All kinds of Wild West paraphernalia. That is, if you don't object, Sportello. Whoa, he's there, Jolly Rancher. Ain't looking for no drawdown, no bob wire collector. Man's own business what he puts in his pickup, ain't it? I should hope so, Bigfoot sniffed. Come on, let's go inside and see if there's a cubicle open. Doc's history with Bigfoot beginning with minor drug episodes, stop and frisk up and down Sepulveda, and repeated front door repairs had escalated a couple of years ago with the Lunchwater case, one more of the squalid matrimonials that were occupying Doc's time back then. The husband, a tax accountant who thought he'd score some quality surveillance on the cheap, had hired Doc to keep an eye on his wife. After a couple of days of stakeouts at the boyfriend's house, Doc decided to go up on the roof, and have a closer look through a skylight at the bedroom below, where the activities proved to be so routine, hanky maybe, not much panky, (laughs) that he decided to light a joint to pass the time, taking one from his pocket in the dark, more soporific than he had intended. Before long, he had fallen asleep and half-rolled, half-slid down the shallow pitch of the red tile roof, coming to rest with his head in the gutter, where he then managed to sleep through the events which followed, including Hubby's arrival considerable screaming, and gunfire loud enough to get the neighbors to call the police. Bigfoot, who happened to be out in a prowl car nearby, showed up to find the husband and the BF slain, and the wife attractively tousled and sobbing and gazing at the twenty two in her hand as if it were the first time she'd seen one. Doc up on the roof was still snoring away. Fast forward to Compton, the present day. What concerns us, Bigfoot was trying to explain, is this what we in homicide like to call pattern? Here's the second time we know of that you've been discovered sleeping at the scene of a major crime and unable, dare I say, unwilling to furnish us any details. Lots of leaves and twigs and shit in my hair, Doc dogs, dogs seemed to recall. Bigfoot nodded encouragingly. And there was a fire truck with a ladder, which is how I must have gotten down off the roof. They looked at each other for a while. <laughs> I was thinking more like earlier today, Bigfoot with a touch of impatience. Channel View Estates, Chick Planet Massage sort of thing? Oh, well, I was unconscious, man. Yes, yes, but before that, when you and Glenn Charlock had your fatal encounter, when would you say that was exactly in the sequence of events? I told you, the first time I ever saw him is he was dead. His associates, then. How many of them were you already acquainted with? Not normally guys I'd hang with. Totally wrong drug profile. Too many reds, (laughs) too much speed. Hotheads, you're so exclusive. Would you say you took offense at Glenn's preference for barbiturates and amphetamines? Yeah, I was planning to report him to the Dope Fiend Standards and Ethics Committee. <laughs> yes, now your ex-girlfriend Shasta Faye Hepworth is a known intimate of Glenn's employer, Mickey Wolfman. Do you think Glenn and Shasta were, you know... He made a loose fist and slid the middle finger of his other hand back and forth in it for what seemed to dock way too long. <laughs> How did that make you feel? Here you are, still carrying the torch, and there she is in the company of all those Nazi lowlifes. Do that some more, Bigfoot. I think I'm getting hard-on. Tough little wop monkey, as my man Fatso Judson always says. In case you forgot, Lieutenant, you and me are almost in the same business, except I don't get that free pass to shoot people all the time and so forth. But if it was me over there in your seat, I guess I'd be acting the same way. Maybe start in next with remarks about my mother, or I guess your mother, because you'd be me. Have I got that right? It wasn't until the middle of rush hour that they let Doc call his lawyer, Sancho (laughs) Smilax. Actually, Sancho worked for a maritime law firm over at the marina called Hardy, Gridley, and Chatfield, and his resume fell a little short in the criminal area. He and Doc had met up by accident one night at the food giant up on Sepulveda. Sancho, then a novice doper who'd just learned about removing seeds and stems, was about to buy a flour sifter when he flashed that the people at the <laughs> checkout would all know what he wanted the sifter for and call the police. He went into a kind of paranoid freeze, which was when Doc, having an attack of midnight chocolate deficiency, came zooming out of a snack food aisle and crashed his cart into Sancho's. With the collision, legal reflexes reawakened. Hey, would it be okay if I put the sifter in with your stuff there, like for cover? Sure, Doc said, but if you're going to be paranoid, how about all this chocolate, man? Oh, then maybe we'd better put in a few more items, you know, like or a few more, you know, like innocent items. By the time they got to the checkout, they had somehow acquired an extra $100 worth of goods, including half a dozen obligatory boxes of cake mix, a gallon of guacamole, and several sacks of tortilla chips, a case of store-brand boysenberry soda, most of what was in the Sara Lee frozen dessert case, light bulbs and laundry detergent for straight-world cred, and, after what seemed like hours in the international section, a variety of shrink-wrapped Japanese pickles that looked cool." At some point in this,
0: wasn't there boysenberry yogurt on the pizza last week?
1: Yeah, what is it? What is the boysenberry about? Uh, it might man? just be a
0: fascination. We'll have to
1: track it. Yeah. At some point in this, Sancho mentioned that he was a lawyer. Far out. People are always telling me I need a criminal lawyer, which nothing personal, understand, but actually, I'm a Marine lawyer? Doc thought about this. You're a Marine who practices law? No, wait. You're a lawyer who only represents Marines? In the course of getting all this straight, Doc also learned that Sancho was just out of law school at SC and, like many ex-collegians, unable to let go of the old fraternity life, living at the beach, not far from Doc, as a matter of fact. Maybe you better give me your card, Doc said. Can't ever tell. Boat hassles, oil spills, something. Sancho never officially went on retainer, but after a few late-night panic calls from Doc, he did begin to reveal an unexpected talent for dealing with bail bondsmen and desk folk at cop stations around the Southland, and one day they both realized that he'd become what they called de facto Doc's lawyer. (laughs) Sancho now answered the phone in some agitation. Doc, have you got the tube on? All I get here is a three-minute call, Sancho. They got me in Compton, and it's Bigfoot again. Yeah, well, I'm watching cartoons here, okay? And this Donald Duck one has really been freaking me out. Sancho didn't have that many people in his life to talk to and had always had Doc figured for an easy mark. You have a pen, Sancho. Here's the processing number. Prepare to copy. Doc started reading him the number real slowly. It's like Donald and Goofy, right? And they're out in a life raft to drift at sea for what looks like weeks. And what you start noticing after a while in Donald's close-ups is he has this whisker sculpt stubble? Like growing out of his beak? You get the significance of that. (laughs) If I find a minute to think about Sanj, but meanwhile, here comes Bigfoot and he's got that look so if you could repeat the number back, okay? And we've always had this image of Donald Duck. We assume it's how he looks all the time in his normal life, but in fact, he's always had to go in every day and shave his beak. The way I figure it has to be Daisy. You know, which means what other grooming demands is that chick laying on him, right? Bigfoot stood there whistling some country Western tune through his teeth. Till Doc, not feeling real hopeful, got off the phone. Now then, where were we? Bigfoot pretending to look through some notes. While suspect, that's you, is having his alleged midday nap, so necessary to the hippie lifestyle, some sort of incident occurs in the vicinity of Channelview Estates. Firearms are discharged. When the dust settles, we find one Glenn Sharlock deceased. More compellingly for LAPD, the man Sharlock was supposed to be guarding, Michael Z. Wolfman, has vanished giving local law enforcement less than 24 hours before the feds call it a kidnapping and come in to fuck everything up. Perhaps, Portello, you could help to forestall this by providing the names of the other members of your cult? That would be ever so helpful to us here in Homicide, as well as the chance of a break for you when that old trial date rolls around? Cult? The LA Times has referred to me more than once as a renaissance detective, said Bigfoot modestly, which means that I am many things, but one thing I am not is stupid, and purely out of noblesse obligé, I now extend this assumption to cover you as well. No one, in fact, would ever have been stupid enough to try this alone, which therefore suggests some kind of a Mansonoid conspiracy, wouldn't you agree? After no more than an hour of this sort of thing, to Doc's surprise, Sancho actually showed up at the door and started right in with Bigfoot. (laughs) lieutenant you know you don't have any case here so if you're going to charge him you better otherwise sancho doc hollard will you dummy up remember who this is how sensitive he gets bigfoot don't mind him he watches too many courtroom dramas (laughs) as a matter of fact detective bjornsson with a fixed and sinister stare he used to express geniality we probably could take this all the way to trial but with our luck the jury pool would be 99 percent hippie freaks plus some long-haired sympathizer of a DDA who'd go and fuck the case up all anyway. Sure, unless you can get the venue changed, mused Sancho, like Orange County might be. Sanch, when of a, which of us are you working for again? I wouldn't call it works, doc. Clients pay me for work. We're only detaining him for his own good, Bigfoot explained. He's closely connected with a high-profile homicide and possible kidnapping, and who's to say he himself won't be next? Maybe this will turn out to be one of those perpetrators who specially like to murder hippies. Though, if Sportello's on their list, I might have a conflict of interest. (laughs) Aw, Bigfoot, you don't mean that. If I get knocked off, think of all your time and trouble finding somebody else to hassle. What trouble? I go out the door, get in the unit, head up any block before I know it, and driving through some giant damn herd of you hippie freaks, each more roustable than the last. This is embarrassing, said Sancho. Maybe you two should find somewhere besides an interrogation cubicle. The local news came on and everybody went out to the squad room to watch. There on the screen was Channel View Estates, a forlorn-looking view of the mini-plaza occupied by an armored division's worth of cop vehicles parked every which way with their lights all going and cops sitting on fenders drinking coffee and, in close-up, Bigfoot Bjornson hair Aquinetted against the santa anas explaining <laughs> apparently a party of civilians on some training exercise in anti-guerrilla warf- warfare they may have assumed that this construction site not yet being open for occupancy was deserted enough to provide a realistic setting for what we must assume was only a harmless patriotic scenario the japanese american cutie with the microphone turned full face to the camera and continued Tragically, however, live ammunition somehow found its way into these war games and tonight one ex-prison inmate lies slain while prominent construction mogul uh, Michael Wolfman has mysteriously vanished. Police have detained a number of suspects for questioning. Break for commercial. Wait a minute, said Detective Bjornsson as if to himself. This has just given me an idea. Sportello, I believe I shall kick you after all. (laughs) Uh, Doc flinched, but then remembered this was also cop slang for release. Bigfoot's thinking on this being that if he cut Doc loose, it might attract the attention of the real perpetrators, plus giving him an excuse to keep tailing Doc in case there was something Doc wasn't telling him. Come along, Sportello, let's take a ride. I want to watch the tube here for a while, Sancho said. Remember, Doc, this was like 15 billable minutes. <laughs> Thanks, Sancho. Put it on my tab. Bigfoot checked out a semi-obvious Plymouth with little E for exempt symbols on the plates, and they went blasting through the remnants of Rush Hour up to the Hollywood Freeway and presently over the Cahuenga Pass and down into the valley. What's this? Doc said after a while. As a courtesy, I'm taking you out to the impound garage to get your vehicle. We've been over it with the best tools available for forensic science, and except for enough cannabis debris to keep an average family of four stoned for a year, you're clean. No blood or impact evidence we can use. Congratulations. Doc's general policy was to try to be groovy about most everything, but when it was his ride in question, California reflexes kicked in. Congratulate this, Bigfoot. I've upset you. Nobody calls my car a murderer, man. I'm sorry, your car is some kind of, what, pacifist vegetarian? When bugs come crashing fatally into its windshield, it it feels remorse? Look, we found it almost on top of Sherlock's body, idling, and tried not to jump to any obvious conclusions. Maybe it intended to give the victim mouth-to-mouth. I thought he was shot. Whatever, be happy your car's in the clear. Benzidine doesn't lie. Well, yeah, does make me kind of jumpy, though. How about you? Not the one with the R in it. Bigfoot fell for this every time. <laughs> oh, but here's Canoga Park coming up in a few exits. Let me just show you something for a minute. Off the exit ramp, Bigfoot hooked a U-turn without signaling, went back under the freeway, and began to climb up into the hills, presently pulling in at a secluded spot that had shot while trying to escape written all over it. (laughs) Doc began to get nervous, but what Bigfoot had on his mind, it seemed, was job recruitment. Nobody can predict a year or two hence, but right now Nixon has the combination to the safe, and he's throwing fistfuls of greenbacks at anything that even looks like local law enforcement. Federal funding beyond the highest number you can think of, which for most hippies is not much further than the number of ounces in a kilo. 35 point something, everybody knows that. Wait, you, you mean like mod squad, Bigfoot? Rat on everybody I ever met? How far back do we go and you still don't know me any better than that? You'd be surprised how many in your own hippie freak community have found our special employee disbursements useful <laughs> toward the end of the month in particular. Doc took a, look, a closer look at Bigfoot. Jive-ass sideburns, stupid mustache, haircut from a barber college out somewhere on a desolate boulevard far from any current definition of hipness, right out of the background of some Adam-12 episode, a show which Bigfoot had in fact moonlighted on once or twice. In theory, Doc knew that if, for some reason he couldn't imagine right away, he wanted to see any other Bigfoot off-camera, off-duty, even married with kids for all Doc knew, he'd have to look in through and past all that depressing detail. You married, Bigfoot? Sorry, you're not my type. He held up his left hand to display a wedding <laughs> ring. Know what this is or do they, don't do they exist on planet Hippie? A- and you have, like, kids? I hope this isn't some kind of veiled hippie threat. Only that, wow, Bigfoot, isn't it strange? Here we both are with this mysterious power to ruin each other's day and we don't even know anything about each other. Really profound, Sportello. Aimless dopers driveling, to be sure, and yet, Why, you have just defined the very essence of law enforcement. Well done. I always knew you had potential. So, how about it? Nothing personal, but yours is the last wallet I'd ever want money out of. Hey, wake up. It it only looks like happy and dopey and them skipping around the magic kingdom here. What it really is, is what we call reality. Well, uh, Doc didn't have the beard, but he was wearing some tire-tread Hirachis from south of the border that could pass for biblical. And he began to wonder now. How many other innocent brothers and sisters the satanic detective Bjornsson might have led to this high place, his own scenic overlook here, and swept his arm out across the light-stunned city and offered them everything in it that money could buy? Don't tell me you can't use it. I am aware of the Freak Brothers dictum that dope will get you through times of no money better than vice versa, and we could certainly offer compensation in a more, how to put it, inhalable form. You mean, Sportello. Try to drag your consciousness out of that old-time, hard-boiled dick era. This is the glasshouse wave of the future that we're in now. All those downtown evidence rooms got filled up ages ago. Now about once every month, property section has to rent more warehouse space out in deep, unincorporated county. Bricks and bricks of shit stacked to the roof and spilling out into the parking lot. Acapulco gold. Panama red. Michoacan ice pack. Numberless kilos of righteous weed. Name your figure. Just for trivial information we already have anyway. And what you don't smoke, improbable as that seems, you could always sell. Good thing you're not recruiting for the NCAA, Bigfoot. You'd be in some deep shit. Par- paragraph break. Good time to stop? Yeah, 25 minutes. That'll do.
0: All right. I it, One of those things that I think grows more uh, uh, difficult to grok with time is mm. how upsetting the emergence of hippies as a thing.
1: I think it was worse than jet Gen Z as a concept. Well, yeah. And I like worse to people. not, not Yeah. Like, you know. like
0: how, um, yeah, like, like, like completely, you know, oppositional to the a huge swath of society's conception of what society is. I mean, maybe this is an obvious thing, but, but, you know, as I've been like, you know, looking into say more history and stuff like that, like, Trying to move away from an objective looking at things and being like, yeah, hippies, it's not that weird with the passage of time, but trying to imagine how weird all those people must have seemed to square Americans. Yeah. S- square. Square.
1: A squarekins
0: a squarekins. You know,
1: you, it's funny. We got like basically 20 or so years of clean cut American young people who went to school and, yeah. you know, maybe some of them got l- a little bit blown up in the war and then came back. Uh, those, aren't, those aren't teenagers. Those, those would be people. Well, they might have been teenagers when they went. Yes. Uh, you know, buying houses, some, like, getting jobs. There were, like, some subcultures
0: in there. like You know, like, the Hells Angels, like, emerged, I believe, in the late 40s, like, basically immediately after GIs started coming back.
1: When were the Zoot men? Zoot suit early 40s. 40s
0: and i think that that was more of an urban ethnic youth yeah. type thing and of oh. course ethnic youths were always a uh uh or eth- you know <laughs> ethnicity is always a yeah. subculture in in this country yeah uh but like
1: or you know of course the beat the beats yeah. how many beats were there really i'm going to say 10,000 oh i was going to say 50 and they all knew each other yeah oh
0: well yeah but uh, notable ones but yeah. then like a genuine Movement of counterculture movement,
1: yeah, and it was all it was all peace and love. Mm-hmm. Of it which, also...
0: it must have seemed like every other kid was either a jock or a hippie. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I mean, I'm just trying to remember like how appalled and uh, the the mainstream society was to like the idea of two thousands era hipsters and metrosexuals. And how that must have been like a a tiny fraction of of the cultural uh, opposition to yeah. to the the hippies.
1: I mean, you think about I think because the hippie at its most extreme, the hippie thing was genuinely destabilizing. Yes, like I'm just thinking of like the Joan Didion slashing toward Bethlehem reporting, where it's just like kids would literally like run away, yeah, and go to San Francisco yes. and live on the street. Yes. And, like, do crazy and get shit. get involved in cults. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, a lot of different cults. Yeah. There were so know. many it's... freaking cults. Not even, like, the, the big ones that you've heard of.
1: Yeah. There, there was a cult of all flavors. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been thinking more about hippies, too, because in some ways, it, the imagery feels very sanitized. Yes. As, uh, you know, you think of the the Coachella flower crowns or just bell-bottoms or whatever. That's been totally subsumed into yeah. aesthetics. But then the actions of what they were doing, especially, like I feel lot, like...
0: It, like a tremendous amount of hard drugs. Hard drugs, yeah, especially... As like a, drugs as like a lifestyle. Yeah. Beyond what we now consider, like, the quote-unquote addict.
1: Yeah. Although they were coming off of, what, however many centuries of American... High American alcohol use...
0: Yes, well, that's the base, the baseline uh, of American no lifestyle. One are, no
1: one ever gets mad at that. Yeah. What's that about, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Can I pitch you my um? Oh, yeah. A we, thing I think that I think would be yes. kind of funny to do in this podcast is just recount the plot up until where we are every single time. But it's like one of those memory games where we keep having to do more and more things. All right.
0: Uh. So Shasta visits Doc. Uh. And tell and asks him to. Uh, if she he could keep an eye out or trail uh, her new beau, uh, Mickey, Wolf, Wolfman. Mickey Wolfman, uh, because she has been having an affair of some sort with him. Yeah, of of uh, of undefined level of intimacy, and she's aware of a plot to of his actual wife send him to away. the Funny Farm potentially yeah. to get at his fortune. Uh, then,
1: unrelatedly, or is it? He gets a visit from Tariq Khalil, mm-hmm. who asks him to look into Glenn Charlock, who owes him a debt. Yes, that he can't say what it is, and they knew each other in prison. Glenn Charlock, bodyguard to Mickey Wolfman. Uh, Doc goes out to
0: uh, Channel View Estates to look into this—a a Michael Wolfman concept, <laughs> a Michael Wolfman concept, a Michael Wolfman joint. Uh, in it, part of his haphazard investigation wanders into this, this bunny ranch. Uh, what is it called? Girl world. Oh, uh, <laughs> whatever, regardless. It. And while he is inside, uh, is rendered. Chick planet? U- Chick planet. I like girl world better. Girl world. Uh, is rendered unconscious through some means that is not made clear, made clear. Mm-hmm. I think we are to assume he is assaulted. Yeah. Uh, he got Bob wakes up next to his idling car. Near the dead body of Glenn Sherlock, with Bigfoot trying to put uh put the murder on him.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that is that
0: basically the plot so yeah. far? He went to a pizza place as well.
1: Yeah, but that's you know that's more incidental. That's incidental. Uh, yeah. I think we should just keep doing this. All right. Uh, and see how far we can get. It's like the game in Asteroid City that they play. Yes. Here's
0: the thing. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing is the point, but Bigfoot is uh such a. A, a goofball character at this point. He's not very intimidating, you know?
1: Yeah, it's funny because, like, you, the fact that you know that he is an aspiring actor kind yes. of takes down his cop thing a few pegs is that he doesn't it's, he doesn't seem to be like bloodthirsty in the sense of a, a regular cop. He's kind of like a clown cop.
0: Yes. I mean, this is a very uh, um, What he really wants to do is direct. But what he really wants to do is direct. This is a very this is like one of Felix's theses of the essential Americanness is that, at, is that basically, yes, every, what every American essentially wants to do is direct. director, as Felix says, what ever, every American either secretly or, or overtly wants a media career. Mm. And no matter how much the seriousness of your, your job, uh, if it could be done publicly and instead of for the point of the job, but for the uh, disp- purposes of entertainment yeah. or self-publicity, that that yep. would be somehow better.
1: Interesting. I, I, that tracks? Yeah. I believe that. Everyone wants to influence.
0: Yes. I, I want to mostly take this movie, uh, or this, sorry, I mostly want to take this book at its face level as a book and not bring in the movie too much into yeah. it. But my main read of the movie from it was always that Bigfoot and uh, Doc are mirror characters on inverted paths of irrelevance.
1: Even down to the haircut, uh, that you know, Doc's got this crazy, uh, you know, self self inflicted fro, Mm -hmm. and uh, Bigfoot has some incredibly dorky square, yes, barber barber that they both reached a kind of irrelevance
0: in a past era, and you see in one Bigfoot, uh, a a cop who wants to be an actor, and in Doc a hippie who is trying to have. some semblance of a real job, not just a real job, a real job in a law enforcement adjacent career.
1: Yeah. 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 It's funny. Yeah. You think, I guess you think about why, why doc wants to be a detective and it's, it's almost like he likes it cause it's sort of, it's free. It's freelance. It's freelance. Well, I, I was thinking about this because he gets there to talk to people. There is something
0: kind of dreamy about being a, um, a detective. But then I was thinking, it's so much just sitting in your car and waiting for stuff to happen. But then I was like, that's kind of the perfect job for a pothead. You just yes. sit around, you get stoned, listen to tunes on the radio, and you're like, man, what? so what? I have to sit in this car for six hours and just burn joints and wait to see if a guy comes home? No problem. Easy. Can uh, do.
1: Also, I think, you know, he, I know we briefly had Sor- Sorta Ledge, who is, a, is that she played by Joanna Newsom, in, in the movie, uh, Doc's kind of hippie friend, intuitive friend. So on one hand, you have the the version of the hippie that's doing the, you know, energy energy work, and you have Doc who's doing like the weed paranoia work. Yeah. But that also would, in theory, make you good at being a detective because you've constantly got your antenna yes tw- tweaked toward things that are freaking you out, man. Yes. So, I've looked up. I've looked into whether. Um, whether I could become a detective back in New York. And unfortunately, you really, really have to be a cop first.
0: You need, or some kind of like military background or something like that. Yeah,
1: or maybe you could apprentice. If you could find someone to like apprentice with for years, maybe you could do it. But they sure do want you to start as a in cop. law enforcement. I was like, I can't How like that. How legal are private eyes? Legal. I mean, you have to be, be licensed. licensed. Yeah. Again, this is all New York. I don't know. God. It could be looser in California. I would love a... F- a, I wish, I wish true life still existed.
0: I would love a micro doc of uh like at a uh private eye convention.
1: Uh yeah, that sounds like a how to with John Wilson like segment. Yes, uh, all the detectives. What what are a bunch of detectives like when they're all together?
0: Yeah, exactly. Hmm. What do they talk about? What are the seminars about? <laughs> who are, are there like legendary private eyes who give like the the keynote addresses? At the Private Eye Convention, how, surely how this AI must exist. How will AI technology
1: uh, uh, affect our? I mean, face recognition, baby.
0: Face recognition for the pros, but voice faking as a as a way to to de- legitimize like audio recordings. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure how AI affects the private investigative arts uh, is a. I'm sure that that was a lead topic at this year's uh, Private Eye Festival. Sure. Private Eye Festival, Private <laughs> Eye <laughs> Convention, Private Eye Cella. Who do you think plays? Uh, do you think they like that? The, the um, Hall and Oates song "Private Eyes." Right.
1: Private eyes oh watching Watch. you. I guess it's more of a <laughs> metaphor. What are, What are the biggest? What's the biggest hit song about a detective? I I sound off in the comments.
0: Yes, that's a good question. I, I I'm gonna say Private Eyes. I can't think of any other songs about a private eye.
1: Is what the, is the pink Panther I'll be a detective? Watching you. That's a that's a stalking anthem.
0: Yeah, but wonder if you were doing it in a licensed way. <laughs>
1: I'll be watching you in a licensed way. Yes, detective. Uh,
0: yeah, Pink Panther's a detective. Detective So,
1: but he's a detective, not a private da-da, da-da, eye. That's da-da. the difference. Wait, what? Okay, he, so he he's a he's working for law enforcement. Yeah. Da-da, da-da, da-da. No doubt has a song called Detective, off of. Uh, rock steady. Whoa, oh, oh, watching the detectives. We were watching the detectives. Who who Elvis de- Costello. Who detects the oh, detectives? Oh, so cute. <laughs> watching the detectives. Anyway,
0: um yeah, I who de- I Who detects the detectives? I want to look into I would I would like to know more about being a private eye in two, 2023. But it's a lot of computer stuff.
1: Well, that's why I looked into it because I'm I think I'm pretty good at Tracking things down. You think that, like,
0: every once in a while you see those TikTokers who, like, can uncover somebody's digital identity? Yeah. Uh, almost like the geo guesser person, but, right. a, but Except they're, they're like, I saw a post from an anonymous account slagging some celeb off. So I was able to, like, triangulate their, you know, their sign up date to Twitter with a tick, you know, like a similar yeah. username on a TikTok account. I like, mean,
1: it's more in the realm of investigative journalism as opposed to detecting, but, uh, Who is it? David Simon who created The Wire. Oh yes. Oh, that was very good. He was tweeting and complaining. He called, uh, he called New York a budget city. What kind of but like, or what kind of like? He used something insulting to describe New York because he got a speeding ticket for speeding in a school zone during the summer. Why would you tweet that? Because he's, because he's,
0: he's had many many bad car car brain.
1: It's, car, it's Twitter brain and car brain together. It's an awful combination. Yes. But anyway, someone, uh, I believe from Hellgate, NYC, uh, by his own, David Simon's own admission by saying, I was driving at 5.52 in the morning, uh, they pulled the records of anyone who got that a red light camera violation, or not a red light camera, a speeding camera violation at that time, cross-referenced it with a picture of keys that he posted on his social media, Determined that it only could have been one car, and then looked up his license plate and found that he had a million va- violations in Baltimore. Amazing. Second-rate city, where? Yes. Budget. Second-rate drivers. Budget. Budget city. Who?
0: Um.
1: Anyway, people can find stuff out.
0: Yes. Why the fuck would you go on Twitter and be and and insult speed school zone speeding limits?
1: If I got caught speeding in a school zone, I would simply take my ticket and shut the fuck up
0: I would probably have to push my car into a a body of water to get rid of the evidence
1: <laughs> It's also just I don't know whatever I I have no I've okay hot takes to round things out and think of if you want a hot take of your own hot California take now that I've been driving for a couple months more regularly speed limits exist for a reason There's not a single style of road uh um you know shape shape of of street uh element that enc- you encounter when you're driving in any given place that would give you license to drive faster than the speed limit speed limits exist for a reason you should be going 35 in a semi busy neighborhood area yeah. you shouldn't really be going over 65 on a highway
0: i mean we should i would love a system where speed limits were radar enforced. And by that, I mean, not your car literally can't. Yeah. Like, e- like the- using some kind of like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth te- technology. You're actually like locked at the top at the maximum yeah. speed of any place. People would go fucking insane for a while, but then they would get used to it.
1: Yeah. Like everything.
0: I saw somebody the other day cut across the corner. Like it's like four way intersection. And one p- corner of it is a, um, gas station. Instead of waiting more like 90 more seconds for the red light to change, they just cut across the gas station to cut the corner. And that made me irrationally uh, angry. That's why like, I wish that I had just like, I think I've voiced this uh, opinion on this pod pod before. I don't want a gun, but I do want a potato gun <laughs> that I could shoot a, like a potato, like a, an air powered potato at somebody's car. Just enough to dent it.
1: Yeah. It should be. I mean, it would it would become lawless, but yes. you should be able to. shoot I a should car. be allowed to have. One. You, Chris, should. You should be able yes. to get a license, l- a licensed potato gun. Yes,
0: if you like a long enough streak with no accidents, and passing like an uh, an elevated car test, then you should get the uh, the 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 uh, roof mounted potato gun, <laughs> and that you could just target cars, And just That'd put a awesome. nice little. Potato-sized dent, maybe not even a Yukon Gold, one of the r- the red ones. Yeah, into their bumper. Goosh. Yes,
1: it would be nice. Yeah, I just if that makes me square, if that makes me, uh, you know, you know, a, a lame, uh, an op, a goofy, whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not sorry. It's it's called the rules of the road. Look them up. Uh, can you imagine if everyone just drove normally? I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Not not in this world, but yeah. Uh. Anyway, as as Doc says, you know, when it comes to matters of your car, uh, he he got he, his California values came out or whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, that I think that see that's what I'm talking about is like I think that we will, we'll well try, I'll try to track this like all the little ways in which uh you know Doc who might fancy himself a a alternative or a, a countercultural person. Yeah. That but the more you participate in these things, like the more you have to drive a car around, the more you get car brain, in your life and you're and. You know should while your values might say that you don't really uh, uh engage in that kind of materialism, hey, man, that's my car that's my
1: car right the na- the natural impulse. I mean, same with uh, the his grocery store freak out with uh, his now lawyer is that you think you're being a free spirit by smoking a lot of pot when in fact, all of a sudden you're adhering to all of these internal rules. Yes. Uh, dictated by your own paranoia. Yeah. So who's who's free now, buddy?
0: <laughs> now you're by buying a bunch of Japanese pickles because they
1: look nice. They look nice. All
0: right. Should we have some Japanese pickles? Stone
1: in the supermarket. I'm
0: all lost in the supermarket.
1: I can no longer shop. A
0: I came in here for a special offer Japanese, Japanese pickling. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>